from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louie B. Yes, it is Thai Cats Today for a Tuesday, November the 23rd, 2021. Hope you're having a great start to your week. The Thai Cats getting set for the Eastern Semifinal right here at Tim Hortons Field, and they were back on the practice field today. Sort of a, a modified walkthrough, technically day zero when you look at their football calendar. Tomorrow, day one of practice for the Ticats, getting set for Sunday's game. Hope you can join us in the stadium. You can go to ticats.ca slash tickets to buy your tickets. You can be listening to this show where later on I'll be announcing a keyword that I'll get you to email to gameday at ticats.ca. Yes, we're giving away a pair of tickets a day to the Eastern semifinal here on Ticats today. So be listening for the keyword coming up somewhere in this show. I'm not going to tell you when. I'm going to make you listen. Well, hopefully you want to listen. Uh, that's why you found us, but there will be a keyword that I will tell you. You'll have to email it to gameday at ticats.ca, and you'll be automatically entered to win a pair of tickets to see the Ticats host the Alouettes on Sunday. All right, big show. Really excited to be joined by Glenn Suter from the CFL on TSN. Always love when Suits stops by. We're going to hear from Coach O as we normally do, and uh, we are going to hear from Simone Lawrence. As well, and you can always hear full scrums over at tiecats.ca, where also today we caught up with Jeremiah Masoli and Stephen Dunbar Jr. You're going to hear some answers in the scrum because I'm sure you might have heard the story already. But Montreal Alouettes linebacker Patrick Levels said, "Quote: We will win in Hamilton. Stamp it. Put it as big as you need to put it. Block it out." We come in Montreal Alouette. See you soon. Can't wait. We're here and I'm standing front line. So if y'all got anything to say, I'm here and I'm going to stand on what I said. He continued, my boys are going to rally behind me. I promise you stand back running through them boys like a running back defense. We're on fire. Masoli, come see me. Brandon Banks, come see me. I'm calling people out. Don Jackson, come see me. Coach O. Come see me. That is what Patrick Levels had to say yesterday. Uh, Coach O responded to it. Uh, We're going to hear what he had to say. Simone had, uh, again, you'll you'll hear what they have to say. But this is probably the last time we'll mention Patrick Levels' name today on this broadcast, unless he does something throughout the week. I'll probably ask Glenn Suter about it as well, but... Is it bulletin board material? What do you make at it? Let me know at Louis B underscore TV on Twitter. Um, what do you make of Patrick Level's comments? Because there's a certain element of it that you have to appreciate, maybe. You know, it's sports. Trash talking. Come on. This is what you this is what you're supposed to have. But also at the same time, a guarantee in the Eastern semifinal. Let's not forget that Patrick Levels was signed here in 2020 and then not brought back in 2021. So make of that what you will. Anyway, Coach O is going to respond to it. You'll hear he's got a pretty good response. And again, Jeremiah, Stephen Dunbar. You'll probably see articles about it, but really not much was said on the Tiger Cats side. Let's hear from Coach O. Let's hear from Orlando Steinauer. Here's what he had to say after practice today and I started off by asking him just how much 
2019, his first year as a head coach. What did he learn from that experience in the playoffs that he's applying this year? Here's what he had to say. I think you can always grab something from experience, Louie, just going through it. Um, the other thing is, is just that, but each year your team is different. So you always uh, have experience from the past, but it's hard to say this is what we're going to do, uh, maybe be at practice game plan wise, but there are some things. We've got a great staff. Uh, we, we use our minds collectively and then uh, ultimately come up with a with a plan. So there are some things you can take. It'd be too, too long of a conversation and list specifics, but you're always learning along your journey. Oh, I know what door I'm knocking when I ask you this, but did you happen to hear Patrick Levels both guarantee a win for the Alouettes on the weekend and offer you a request to come see him on the field? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, does it, I mean, I, I just, I don't, is that a comment or a question? That was a question. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody else have a good one? They're, they're in a playoffs for a reason, too. I mean, yeah. you can dig into the statistics and know why they've had opportunity. Uh, they're playing cohesively. They're, uh, you know, they're a good team. And, you know, but so are we. And so, you know, I know and respect the, the process and the build up to the games that's expected with the playoffs. Right. But ultimately, you have to play the game. So, you know. This is a necessary part of it, but uh, our focus will remain, you know, on our own preparation and things we need to do that we feel give us the best chance to win. But, you know, like I said, Montreal has, um, you know, they've proven they belong in the playoffs. That's I just leave it at that. You know, their strengths speak for themselves. You know, they play good defense. Their special teams is good. Uh, they've been able to run the ball effectively. And so they're going to have an opportunity the same way we are. Well, they're two different quarterbacks. So um, I think, you know, the majority of starting quarterbacks in the playoffs present challenges. Obviously, Trevor's uh, been in big games. He's a champion. And, you know, he's I'm sure they're giving him more and more each week. Uh, but I think Kahari does a good job of, of giving him what, what he can digest. Um, and, you know, if given time, you know, he's proven he can get the job done. So um, that's, you know, that's what I'd say about Trevor. I think he's a, he's a great person, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I was part of the 2012, uh, great cup team in Toronto. So, I mean, I, I have history with him all the way back there, but, um, yeah, so that, that's what I'd say about Trevor. That is the head coach of the Hamilton Tigers, Orlando Steiner, as he spoke after practice, talking again about Trevor Harris and what he's expecting to see from him and forgot about that. Both coach Joe and... Trevor Harris were on that Argos team. Of course, Coach O, I think, was coaching the DBs at the time. And I think Trevor Harris probably was the third-string quarterback back in 2012. But they're Grey Cup champions together. Trevor Harris, a two-time Grey Cup champion. Never as a starter, though. As a backup. And then, in, you know, in, in Ottawa as well. But Trevor Harris will get the start for Montreal. And men who will be trying to take him down. Simone Lawrence, the Ticats all-time leader in tackles. Had a chance to catch up with him after practice today and started off by asking him, and he'll talk on the Patrick level stuff. You'll hear his answer on that. He'll talk about the fans, the blackout expected on Sunday's game. But the one thing we started off by saying is just how his mentality changes from the regular season to the postseason. Here's what he had to say. I just, it's one of those things where you don't leave anything up to chance. 
Um, you dot all your I's, you cross all your T's. Not saying you don't do that during the regular season, but the, the outcome weighs a lot more. You know, you lose a game and you're going home. And nobody wants to go home, especially when you're in such a great environment and you got a lot of teammates that you love and coaches that you love and personnel that you love. You know, we like being around each other. So, you know, we're trying to stretch this thing out as long as possible. Yeah, of course. It's always about like at this point in the season, it's about execute execution. Everybody's going to hustle to the ball. Everybody's going to want to hit people as hard as they can. Everybody's going to want to do everything great. But, you know, it's about locking in and executing and doing your job at a very high level. It's it's nasty. It feels amazing out there, especially when all the fans are in all black and then they're waving all the towels around. And it's like second down and long, second down and short. Or even when we're just coming out on the, as a defense and it's like, welcome, your Hamilton Tirecast defense. And the crowd goes crazy. It's like the exhilaration just goes through your whole body. And then you're like kind of like out of body experience. You feel a lot tougher than you might be. <laughs> I think uh, we're just still a great job coming together and trusting each other and understanding that we're all going to make plays and not being scared to make plays because we understand if we miss a play, then our brothers are going to take care of each other and clean up and make the play for us. So it's uh, one of those things where we have no fear of anything. The way you not look ahead is understand that you have Montreal on Sunday and you can't see Toronto unless you beat Montreal. So our focus is 100% on Montreal and getting that win. And then we'll deal with what we have to deal with after that. Uh, Simone, Steve might correct me if I'm wrong, but in the number of playoff games that you've played in, I don't ever remember you guaranteeing a playoff win. Um, what does it say about a player when they have to motivate themselves by guaranteeing a win? I don't know. I don't do that. So I don't know nothing about that. I just, I just want to let people do what they do. Like, you know, whatever makes people go and make them feel good about life. You know, it's good for them to do what's best for you. That is Simone Lawrence as we caught up with him after practice day. And just a reminder, full scrums available at Ticats.ca. You can hear everything Simone had to say today, everything Coach O said. You also hear from Jeremiah Masoli and Stephen Dunbar Jr., who we caught up with today as well. While you're at Ticats.ca, you can also buy your tickets for Sunday's Eastern semifinal. Or you can win them. You can win them just by listening to this podcast right here, right now. Because if you email gameday at ticats.ca and include Danny McManus, Danny McManus, or Danny Mac, whatever you prefer, I'm going to make sure that, you know, whoever's getting those emails at gameday at ticats.ca knows that it's okay to put Danny Mac or Danny McManus. That's what we're looking for. Those are the keywords you can enter at gameday at ticats.ca. Include Danny Mac, Danny McManus in the subject line. And your name and the city in which you live in the body of the email will randomly select someone to win a pair of tickets to go see the Ticats here at Tim Hortons Field on Sunday in the Eastern Semifinal. You can be like Steve Gifkins of Belleville, who won to yesterday's tickets. And if you don't win today's tickets, well, you might win tomorrow's tickets because we're giving away a pair a day right here 
on Ticats today on the Ticats Audio Network. So Danny McManus in the subject line, email that to gameday at ticats.ca. Include your name and the city in which you live, and we'll randomly select a winner on Wednesday at 12 o'clock, and I'll announce the winner on the show tomorrow. All right, very pleased now to be joined by the CFL on TSN's Glenn Suter. And Suits, when we talked going into this season, you, like many, had the Ticats winning the East Division. They're getting to host a playoff game. It's been an interesting season, but just your overall assessment on, on what you've seen from the Ticats this year in the regular season. Well, I think they got off to a slow start. I mean, remember, there were a lot of uh, people in the media across the country that picked Edmonton to win the West uh, when they looked at their, you know, Trevor Harris and their receiving core and things like that. So, you know, I think those things change drastically as the season unfolds and, and injuries are a part of that. But, uh, you know, a team finding what their personality is and how they are going to come together as a group, sometimes that takes longer for other some teams than it does for others. I mean, Winnipeg, picked up where they left off from 19 and, and looked like they hadn't missed a year, but uh, you know, other teams didn't. So, and I think Hamilton was in that, that boat, you know, I think they, they started out slowly kind of hit and miss and have been building since then. I think the play of Jeremiah Mazzoli is, has uh, Mazzoli has improved dramatically, more consistent, looks more confident. I think the deep ball is there again, um, so, you know, all of that bodes well. And of course, Dane Evans being healthy and ready just in case, uh, also makes Hamilton a much, uh, tougher out this, this playoff run. I was talking about this with Jeremiah today where, you know, he's obviously played with some great receivers. You know, I'm lucky to work with some of them and Andy Fantuz and, and Luke Tasker. But I mean, this year, when you kind of look at the talent, you know, with no Braylon Addison dealing with injuries. Not a lot of people had the name Stephen Dunbar Jr. at the tip of their lips or Tim White even. And to that point, you mentioned Jeremiah Masoli finding that consistency that, that we we're hoping to see. How much of that is just getting more consistent and more familiar with those, those names that I mentioned? Even a guy like Jalen Ackland, you know, before he went down in 2019, didn't get a whole lot of reps. Yeah, he, he was like number, the number three guy, uh, you know, and became the number one guy for a while. Yeah, and, and in some ways still is. So, yeah, I, I think that's part of it for sure. Although, you know, I, I think we, we may be at times giving professional athletes and quarterbacks offenses, great offensive coordinators like Tommy Cundell, and, and we may be giving them too much of an out at times on, you know, you got to get chemistry and you've got to figure out body language. And all of those things are true. So your point is, is, is true and bang on. But – this is 14 games in. This is now professional athletes, great quarterbacks that know the game, understand the rules, understand the motions. I mean, we don't have rookies throwing the ball. This is, this is going to be in, – in fact, I would say, Louis, this is probably the best semifinal matchups in both, both the East and the West as far as just straight pick em games that I've seen in, in many years in the league. And uh, – you know, I think, I think all these teams, you could make an argument, are hot at the right time, including Hamilton. Trevor Harris, uh, you know, we mentioned him off the top with everybody picking, uh, you know, a lot of people picking Edmonton to come out of the West. Now he's with Montreal. He's the starter. He has had the Ticats number in the past. He has beaten them in the playoffs. 
is could he be the ultimate X factor in a game like this? Uh, you know, we talk about familiarity, but uh, new to that offense, but he seems to have picked it up pretty quickly. Absolutely. Uh, which again, I know I'm going off topic a little bit, but takes me back to why I was scratching my head when Nick Arbuckle didn't play and they were saying he never got any practice time. So he couldn't play. I thought this is a veteran quarterback like Trevor Harris that played within a week or a week and a half of, of the landing in Montreal. So uh, I just thought that excuse in Edmonton was ridiculous. But bottom line being in your question is that I think the X factor for Montreal is going to be Will Stanback. I mean, William Stanback to me is the matchup. Stanback in that running game against the Hamilton defense and that front seven, that, that to me is the key. That to me is, is the X factor. But having Trevor, I think has boosted that team's confidence. And, and that's taking nothing away from, from Vernon or Matthew Schultz, who, who I think has a bright future. I really do. I saw a lot of fight in the dog when he got a chance to play. And I, I think we should see more of him, or I hope we do, in, in maybe not on a different team. But, but with Trevor Harris and his experience in the playoffs, his experience, he's been to the show, didn't win it, but he's been to the show, I mean, as a starter. Um, but bottom line is I think that confidence has, has gone up in Montreal because of him. So, you know, that's important. And, again, another reason why this is kind of a pick'em game. Uh, what are the tie cat? What do you need to see from the tie cats that maybe you haven't seen or that you need to see more of for the tie cats to kind of make some noise in these playoffs? They're going in playing good football, like you said, coming off that win over Saskatchewan. Jeremiah had a great first half, 17 to 21, uh, before making way for Dane. But what do you need to see from the Ticats that you haven't seen yet or haven't seen as consistently? Well, what I've, what I've seen a little bit of this, of, of this build towards the playoffs has been more balance in the offense. Um, rather than, you know, throwing it on almost all downs and, you know, the passing game being 80, 85 percent, I have seen more balance in the run game, um, a stronger running game. And when you have that balance, you have a chance to sort of have a, a better opportunity for ball control. So rather than two and out, two and out, and then a good drive, you go six and a punt, eight and a punt, and then a good drive. That time sp span kept Montreal's offense off the field. That adds up in time of possession. Time of possession adds up in keeping your lead and keeping them from coming back. And you usually are winning the field position advantage by by winning the time of possession, and all those things add up to a uh, you know a, a controlled offense that ends up winning the football game. So I, I think a lot of that, like just you know turnovers, could happen to either team, and if they do, then all bets are off because in turnovers in the playoffs are magnified, and that can be the game. So both teams have to be careful with that, but. Beyond that, I think that balance in the offense for Hamilton is going to be key for them. And uh, Jeremiah kind of went out of his way talking about it after the game was, you know, Don Jackson's numbers didn't jump out at the page like they had his previous two games, but he talked about key second down conversions that he was able to make. And to your point, Ticats finishing with about 11 minutes more time of possession. That second down conversion for the Ticats, something they've struggled with at times this season, but that's a, that's a key indicator of success if the Ticats can keep that number anywhere near 50%. Yeah, and, we, and you know, we, we could say that about every team, but it's important for this team, I think, too, because Jeremiah has such a great uh, – he's, he's a great threat to the edge, 
with running the football. And then if you have a powerful run game in the middle, maybe not William Stanback powerful, but Don Jackson is a great player and runs angry. And he's, if he's doing it well between the tackles, now you're stretching the edge with Masoli. You got Don Jackson between the tackles. The defensive line has got to widen their splits. That opens up more and more run lanes. And those split seconds that a defensive lineman has to peek at Don Jackson before Jeremiah – gives it to him or doesn't give it to him, that extra second is how guys get open and how you make plays down the field. I, you know, I, I often say it during playoff time, and it's not the William Stanback Montreal run game. Let's not pretend that we're comparing those two. This is different, but it's equally as important because second and six is a way better scenario than second and 10 or second and 11, second and 12. Uh, Patrick Levels is going to be talked about a lot this week. He made some comments yesterday. Uh, Coach O was very quick to uh, dismiss any questions about it. And, you know, most of the guys we talked to today kind of had the same response. They said, you know, that's what they're going to say. What do you make of it? I, you know, I, what do you make of Patrick Levels coming out and saying that? How are the Ticats supposed to respond? How, how, what, do, what do you make of the whole situation? Well, you know, the, the, the TV guy in me loves it because <laughs> we just got all kinds of content we're going to talk about it right here on your on your show we're talking about it before the game we're going to talk about it in pregame um you know how the other team responds the ex-player in me says let your play do the talking uh and and go out on the field uh ready to to win that fight rather than win a fight and a war of words before the game is even kicked off. Uh, I would worry more about that and hope that the focus is there, and I'm sure it is. But uh, you know what? Every other sport, most other sports, have it. Let's do it. Let's have some fun with it. If Patrick Levels believes in that, good for Patrick Levels. You don't want to have a team believing they're going to go in and lose. So if he's saying it out loud, it's great fodder for us to kick around and uh, – Maybe it gets people fired up. Hey, I remember back in 1989, and I don't want to – this isn't about me, but back in 1989, the Edmonton Eskimos were 16-2. And we were going in as a 9-9 and team into the West Final, and they were saying this is going to be the sacrificial lambs and had booked their plane tickets to the Grey Cup in Toronto that year before the game kicked off. And we knew that as a team. And, yeah, it was all up in our locker room. The cartoon – of a lamb with a Saskatchewan Rough Rider helmet on was in every single locker, locker room in Edmonton when we were on the road there. And we beat them because it became personal and there was just that little extra fight. And you can't control it, you can't bottle it, but if Patrick Levels keeps going and creates that, it's good for Hamilton. Well, Suits, I mean, I, I loved everything about that story except for the fact that I know how it ends in 1989. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I'm reluctant to bring up I was, I, I, I was about to say, I, I know how that story ends. Uh, you know, I, I know uh, your, your side of that might look at that as the, uh, the greatest football game ever played. Uh, I think some, some people on this side, even uh, Mike Kerrigan, who, who I know well, as you know, uh, he, he yeah. looks at that game a little bit differently. But uh, any time you can bring 1989, you just have to do it, eh, Suits? Uh, well, you know, you, you are in control of the editing of the show. <laughs> so something tells me when I watch it back, we're going to see that part just gone on the cutting room floor. <laughs> I, would, I would never leave. Everything with you is gold. Suits, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. 
You got it. It's a great weekend. Can't wait. All right. My thanks to Glenn Suter for joining me and my thanks to you as well. Appreciate it. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode of this show or any of the other great shows we have for you, including a brand new episode of The Coach O Show with Luke Tasker. Uh, go check that out on the Cats Audio Network. Uh, we are back tomorrow, same time, same place. Thanks so much for checking us out. For the Cats Audio Network, I'm Louis B. Hope you have a great day. Tie Cats today with Louis B. Subscribe, like, and get your Tie Cats fix every weekday.